Hello and welcome to episode 72. I'm Rusty. I'm Peter. And Peter, why don't you share with everybody who we are chatting with today. Oh, Rusty, our guest is an actor, playwright, improviser, producer, teaching artist, and the founder of Come Up Productions. His original wellness and performance technique, Improv for Wellness, is a class that utilizes improvisation as a foundation to help people uncover their creativity, cultivate self-awareness, and self-worth. We have Mr. Teague M. Parker coming on the show today. All right, everybody, please join us as Peter and Teague chat about who knows what. Yeah. Streaming from Retro Earth Studio and brought to you by WeAreHistorically.com Conscious Human Apparel Level up your life and raise your vibration with specialized Fibonacci tuning forks. Get your vibrational sound tools for your personal enhancement at EnergyBodyTuners.com good to go antique man welcome to creatives chat how you doing i'm doing well i'm doing well how are you doing today <laughs> i'm doing great thank you so much for coming on and for our viewers we have a special one because as we like to highlight our conscious creators teague here you have such an interesting way to bring about the playfulness and creative expression that is acting and improv so why don't you tell our viewers a little bit about yourself and what you do yeah. So hi, everyone. My name is Steve Parker. Use he, him pronouns. And I, uh, many, many different things. I'm a theater artist, so I do acting, I do playwriting, I produce shows, I am a teaching artist. And what I do a lot of the days is I teach improv for wellness, which is basically just using improv as a foundation to help people get in tune with themselves, get in tune with their impulses, get in tune with their identity, and just like learn the ways to reflect and grow awareness so that they can just love themselves more and get connected with themselves more. And sometimes, you know, that's performance and that's acting, that's singing, that's all that stuff. But a lot of time it's just for people that want to uncover more self-worth in their life. So go around facilitating uh, wellness events and improv for wellness classes, workshops, and all of that amongst a myriad of different things. But that's kind of what I do a lot of the days right now. I love it. I love it. But like, okay, so self-awareness through acting, bringing in that wellness component. When did that start? How did you tie those two together? Because to me, I see it as like, yes, that is like textbook. Like if you want to take a scientific angle to it, it's like when you get into improv mode and the, the play of things, when you're in that effortless now, that flow, that's like, mm -hmm. that's pure self-awareness is like what's holding you back from that. Like, yeah. Yeah, so dive into that. Where did it start? Like, yeah, yeah. So, so it, it lots of different starting points and things kind of came together over the years, right? But I I started doing improv in like high school. I wasn't a I wasn't one of those theater kids that's like I was in I was in all the plays when I was a kid and I was doing all the shows and saying that wasn't me, right? I just went to high school. I played video games and I played some sports. That was really all I did. But when I got to high school, we had a improv class and I just happened to take it. And that became my life from that point on. I started doing improv every year while I was at my high school and got involved with our improv team. And then my mom, who's a wonderful person, was like, 
well, he loves this. Let's find out where else to do it. So she went and found a training program for teenagers at Jet City Improv in Seattle. So I did that and I volunteered there for a couple of years just being at their shows for Thursday to Saturday for like two years. That's just where I was. And so all of that being said is like background information. I, I was, uh, I was a self-conscious kid growing up, right? I wasn't so much shy, but I didn't know what to say to people. So like people would just like, I would see people, I'd want to talk to them. And my mind would literally go like, I don't know how to start this. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to continue it. But if someone talked to me, I know how, knew how to engage. So improv started to give me those tools and awareness in a playful sense of like, oh, the more that I care about myself, the more I get to play in this because I have to say things, I have to share things and I have to allow myself to be supported by other people while I support them. So that little nugget started to begin there. And as I went to college, I went to Western Washington and I was on, um, I was on their improv team, which was the number one improv team in the nation at the time for colleges, which is wild, right? Like no one, <laughs> no one talks about shit like that ever. So I was on that team and I got to experience their training and their stuff, got to do the acting program at Western and they have a lot of different techniques that they learn. And over all the years, I was just fusing a lot of different techniques and awareness together because I saw a lot of acting techniques that like get you in tune with your body and get you to know who you are and how you move through the world. And then you had improv, which I tell people is like, the closest way people have to seeing how you think, right? So Mm. when you start to fuse those things together, I started to have these ideas of like, well, there has to be a way to give this stuff to people that don't give a shit about performing because that's always the accessibility part. Like, I don't want to do that. That's too much. I don't want to take that risk. So as the years went on and as I went to, um, I went to grad school for acting at Florida for a year and I got to learn um, a technique called the Alexander technique, which Mm. really summed up version of it is like the way that you think directly affects the way you use your body. So you kind of learn the anatomy of the body and such. And so if you think you move your arm with three joints, you will move your arm with three joints rather than four joints when you have it here. And maybe that'll affect the way you use your body. But it also Mm. works with the mind of if you think of yourself as small, your body will do things to make you small. So fusing that with improv of being like, well, what if we fuse this and do that together? And so then I ended up leaving that program. I came back home and I started this improv for wellness work where I just wanted to fuse this stuff together and just make it as accessible and fun as as I knew it could be without yeah. worrying about you need to be an actor, you need to be a performer. Cause like, who cares? I just want you to care about yourself because it'll help you do everything else in life too. It's Ooh. a big overview of all the stuff. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I think the thing that really stands out to me is, you know, as most people know, I do my deep dives on those who come on the show and it was a, one of the earlier, uh, I think it was one of your earlier Instagram videos. I can't remember if it was the personal or from come up productions, which we will be talking about shortly, a little teaser for the audience there, <laughs> but it's this sense of, you could say your 
it's the self-expression. It was the ability to tap into your creativity through the self-expression of acting and improv. And I'm just fascinated in terms of that creative flow. When did you really start to be able to to taste it enough to be able to articulate it to get others to kind of immerse themselves in the waters? Yeah. That type of self-expression. Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think I think it's something that has learned to be articulated over the years because when I was at uh, my undergrad program, um, our team did a thing where we taught weekly to just anybody that wanted to show up. So, yeah, so it gave a lot of practice of like just getting comfortable with improv and getting comfortable with articulating things when so nobody knew what it was. So over the years, I got to like learn the practicality of all this stuff, but it was, you know, you know, when I was at my, when I left my graduate program, I left just because I didn't feel like we wanted the same things. Like I wasn't feeling like, I wasn't feeling like I was being pushed the way I would like to, even though Mm -hmm. it was providing resources to like go and be an actor in the professional world. I just wanted to be pushed, you know, I wanted to do my craft better And so Mm. I was going through a hard time of like, how do I allow myself to arrive with my truth? How do I allow myself to accept what I desire out of life in this creative medium, even Mm. though there are still people that um, want a really specific thing out of it? So a lot of learning how to express it came from pain. It came from hardship. It came from trying to figure out and reflect for myself, what am I trying to do and what do I want? Not as a way to combat anybody, but as a way to say, let's give myself a compass that I can follow. And so with a lot of reflecting and just practicing and sharing ideas that I had, that's what started to really chip away at like, how do you articulate this? okay, let's focus on these exercises as helping people reflect on who they are. Let's try to have, take Mm. out any performance elements that are usually in improv. Let's X, Y, and Z. And over the years, it's constantly just getting refined and still not perfectly articulable, but (laughs) so much closer than what it used to be. Ooh, ooh. No, it's the essence, man, when you have to know how to show up as your authentic self. That's the magic twist. And I think that's the most important thing nowadays where we're seeing everything in our society start to shift. And instead of being what I feel was like decades ago or even, you know, like our generations growing up where it was everything had to be very, you know, tight, conformed to like the books and to the main fads, and the main genres and themes. But I feel more and more there's this era and wave of authenticity coming through Mm -hmm. and for people being able to tap into themselves and seeing that it's coming into the art realm in this light is real. I'm getting giddy over here. I'm like, it's really exciting (laughs) because it's a, it's a way, it's a way more, I would say like a, I guess you'd say it's an approach to art that has even more depth than it already has. And like a lot of the surface level, like the protocol scientific approach to like art. So when you were even saying like, Oh, I'm a, uh, um, I'm a teacher of art or art teacher. And it's yeah, like teaching way different teaching artists. That's, that's what it was. I was just like, Oh, I scribbled it. I couldn't read my handwriting the teaching <laughs> artists. It was just like, yes, right there. Like dive into that. I'm curious. So the teaching artists, how did that come to be this refinement of that 
kind of more intangible aspect to yeah. art. Where yeah. This- so it teaching artistry was a really interesting thing because in the theater world, at least from my experience, what I see, a lot of people, you know, want to be actors, want to be playwrights, want to do all these crafts. And a lot of them end up teaching. A lot of them end up working for different theaters. A lot of them end up being consultants, either for Mm -hmm. businesses or for coaches and all that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. or they build their own practice. And what uh, I've seen in that world, I didn't really know what a teaching artist was, but that's what all of these uh, artists called themselves when they taught. So Mm -hmm. when I left, um, left my grad school, I, uh, that's when I started to realize what that world was, what a teaching artist was. Cause even though I taught, you know, I've been teaching improv for nine plus years, 10 plus years. And I never really still thought of myself as a teacher. I was just sharing it. I was giving what I had to people, but the teaching artist aspect through the years that I've uncovered for myself, it was kind of learning that teaching is just another art form. Teaching is just another way of self-expression. And for me, it's a way to just invite someone to care about something as much as I do. So being able to focus on that element and start to pivot what I think teaching can usually have a lot of pressure on instead of saying like, what do my, what does my student need? How am I going to take care of them? Da, 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 and having the tension, it started to be well, I know what I want to share and all I can do is make it as accessible as I can and be as responsible with it as I can. And that started to bring out the artistry of teaching rather than I'm an artist who also has to teach. I love that. And the point for me that I think is always important to highlight is the importance of some type of surrender or letting go or openness invitation or if we want to sum it up as i like to say just love when you when you actually put your love into something it creates an entirely different dynamic and that's the beauty of it right there is it comes back to the puzzle piece exchanging where it's just exchanging puzzle pieces when you're teaching up there and you're in a sense of being in that artistic flow and expression you're learning you're growing while everything's going on at once yeah Yeah, you truly are. Right. And I love that image of the puzzle pieces, because when we have that kind of image, now we don't have to worry about people learning something because it's just going to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of pressure in the teaching world to be like, my student needs to learn something. I need to walk out of this at the end of the day with something. And specifically for like public school teachers and stuff like that. Right. Where they have to live to a uh, just an unbelievable standards and things, but, a bunch of hoops and things. Yeah. yeah. But if we're able to have the puzzle pieces, we can just say, I'm going to share something and you'll either take the puzzle piece or you won't, but it's my job to hand it to you. That's all that my job is where you place it is yours. So that give and take, I think is so important. Yes. Well, that's kind of the natural playfulness. So in the notes that I was writing for the show, one of the things that came up in, you know, obviously the angles of creative expression that I want to get with you in this sense of the conversation is I feel like there is a trinity that's formed and it's almost you can't break the bonds apart. Like with with one, you have to have the other two to really be that like flow if we want to like define the flow. Right. Yeah. So you have your creativity. Right. You have 
what it is your like personal expression that is what you want to like you know let, whatever's on your heart you can almost say it's like that emotional realm whatever you're feeling in that moment and then you have the playfulness like when you're a kid mm. and until you have those three i feel like improv and the flow is something that's like pretty hard so what's the most difficult one do you think to kind of get people to tap into yeah so so you said <laughs> the the inner child right then the yeah. personal expression and creativity right yeah i i think that I think that the three pillars are a great way to look at it and to add on top of it, getting yes. to see that it's all, they're not even, it's just a circle, right? So yeah. it's all flowing together. So for me, I think the, the thing that was really helpful on my like creative journey or journey of self-expression was learning that it's all the same thing in order to be creative. I have to understand that everything is self-expression. Everything I do is self-expression therefore it's creative because the way that i dot my eyes if i the example i always like to use if you dot your eyes do you dot it with a hollow do you do the little dot do you put a little heart on it do you do a little scribble like these little things that we already <laughs> do to express who we are is there but our awareness isn't there so we just mm. think oh well i i don't paint i don't act i don't do creative things when really the way you walk down the street is a form of self-expression. Therefore it's creative, but mm. you have to love that part and you have to understand that part and start to get rid of the uh, subconscious habits that we have to adjust ourselves for other people. So maybe with like my body type, I want to, as I'm walking down the street, something I had to grow through was I would make myself smaller because I was a six foot five black guy that was walking down the street <laughs> and was like, I could be intimidating to people. I should be a little smaller. I'm going to make my footsteps mm. a little smaller, still a form mm. of self-expression, still a form of creativity, but that was a fear response. So now yeah. I can just change that and be like, is that how I wish to express myself? And with mm. the, the art form of improv, I think that those things are the same thing because when you get on stage and you perform and you make up scenes on the spot, a lot of people think of the craft as I need to be funny. I need to be witty. Got to make the audience yeah. laugh when improv is just reacting honestly in the moment. That's all it is. <laughs> so if we accept what our truth is and how we yeah. want to respond in the moment for an improv scene, we can't be wrong. We can't mess mm. up. And so that creativity comes out and the uh, inner artist child gets to be more playful, gets to yeah. come out because there's no risk anymore. It's just yeah. let's play, let's play, let's play. I love that. I love it. <laughs> because realistically, I think that almost like was just the perfect pitch and breakdown of being, you know, really like the teaching artistry aspect of it, where you take these three components, right? We could we could break them down in like this kind of protocol esque. Well, it's like, oh, you got to have your creativity, you got to have your expression, your play, yeah. and then the moment you bring in that intangible focus, that's that self awareness to it, it transforms that clunky triangle. It's not that's going to be a clink clink mm. clink rolling over into just that smooth wheel and circle. Yeah. So that's the imagery that I was getting. I was like, keep it going, <laughs> yeah. because that's the beauty of it. Where when you allow yourself to let go of the expectations and the assumptions and judgments and all the things that we kind of put on ourselves and predetermine, you know, how we see this reality. Only then can we fully enter into that just 
I don't know, you say like the inner child play, like we can awaken to ourselves again, like the pureness. So this whole spiritual vibe aspect with, with, I would say acting and improv is fascinating. I love it. it. It's, it's, it's wild. The amount of, the amount of spirituality that's in improv and acting techniques is astounding to me as I went through wow. my own training and stuff, because there's, there one of the first acting techniques I got to learn was a technique called Grotowski, which is a physical acting technique. And really the whole, the whole conceit behind it is that the body remembers the body mm. holds all sorts mm. of emotions and stuff. So I mm. think in uh, kind of the stereotypical view of acting is like, it's very heady, right? You memorize lines and you think about the character and you think about emotions Grotowski yeah. says that's a way to do it, but let's flip it. Let's create a phys physical movement and use our body to see what comes out. So we would do exercise like two people are in the corners of rooms and they are looking at each other with their eyes, just looking right into each other. And then you just start stomping their feet, literally just <laughs> stomping their feet and close, getting closer and closer and closer. And this physical movement brings out a lot of emotion and says stereotypically it brings out anger because the idea was the largest muscle in your body, your thighs, your hamstrings usually hold on to anger. So what happens when you let your body mm. fully go out with it? And that's like a very <laughs> yoga based spiritual technique that for, if you think of it with an acting lens, then of course it's going to help you be a better actor, but yeah. even just flipping that to be like, well, what if you give the wellness side of like, what a beautiful container to explore your anger, right? Ooh, but it's your yeah. approach that changes it. Mm. 100%. And that's like everything in terms of all the different emotions that you can evoke. And I think one of the things that kind of my mind instantly jumped to in this was, you know, the image of children stomping, like when they're angry, like that little tantrum, it's just like, oh my gosh, like the power of how much we could get kids to learn a different form of emotional awareness through this type of acting just kind of like blows my mind right now. Just like, there's so much potential to be teaching these kids this stuff and they'd be entertained for all day. Really. It's just play. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Ooh. it's that uh, arts-based learning is what they usually call it. But yeah. the, the thing that just gets tricky is that a lot of times it just gets saved for performing. So you don't learn yeah. unless you want to be an actor or want to use the acting techniques for the stage rather than well, let's just teach these skills and whatever they want to use them for will be the important aspect. So it's, okay. it's an interesting, it's an interesting balance in the world. Yeah. Well, okay. So we got emotional awareness, bodily memory, kind of holding on to energetic tensions and past pains through the physical form. Like what are some other, these little like self-awareness nuggets that you kind of like pick from this? We're just mind blown in the middle of like learning this being like, this is amazing. Why are we not doing this? Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. That, that's a really good question. I think <laughs> one of, one of the other, I shared a little bit of the Alexander technique. So mm -hmm. that was a big, that was a big light bulb moment for me of like the way I think directly affects how I use my body directly affects how I use my mind, which people mm. learn that lesson in all sorts of different ways. It just happened to be Alexander technique for me. So that was a big thing. And to practice that physically was a big moment too, of like, I can imagine my spine getting longer 
and I don't have to do anything, but my body's going to do that if I just think that. And it's yeah. that little stuff that's really hard to share with somebody if they don't have, um, if they don't want to believe in it, right? If you don't want to believe in it, you won't. One of the, um, one of my favorite quotes from a famous director in theater was uh, Anne Bogart used to say, the attention you give a thing makes the thing. That goes, for, yeah, goes for theater, <laughs> goes for life, goes for all this stuff. So if you think something's bad, you're right. If you think something's good, you're right. It, it doesn't matter. Your attention is what's going to prove you right through that process. So how can we use our mind through that world? Yeah, I love that line. <laughs> I mean, but that's the fascinating aspect to this, you know. I guess the most generic question that one could ask in this sense of when you have all these different types of self-awareness and wellness components, you know, how has improv and acting under this light changed your life and mm. your outlook on things like the internal, the external? Yeah. I, I think that it, my theater training and my improv training and my exploration in those worlds really gave me an opportunity to learn and care about myself in a way mm. that I wish more people had the opportunity to do. Not even in the sense of like, somebody was telling me like, you're worthy, you're important, but I was getting constant techniques and skills of, hey, did you notice you're thinking this way right now? Did you notice you're using your body in this way? Do you notice that when you go up in front of an audience, you like to put your hands behind your back or you like to hold your wrist, right? Yeah. And getting the tools to know and the language to have to say, that's not right or wrong. It is just information. So now mm -hmm. our awareness is on it. Now you can make a choice with it. That's what the training gave me. And so when I got out of uh, my my training programs, I started to explore, um, other more spiritual wellness things like, um, big one I focus on is the artist way by Julia Cameron, um, who just basically teaches that she teaches creativity as if it is a, a religious thing, or if it's a spiritual thing, right. Of there's a higher power and we're not in charge of the quality of our creativity. Mm. So we can take off a lot of pressure because we can never make something good. We can only express what's on our heart. So I used Ooh. to take those elements and then I would read a uh, Twilight Arts, the creative habit who basically taught that creativity is a habit. It's something that you can develop. It's not something that you have to be good at, just something yeah. you got to show up to and all these little <laughs> things allowed me to arrive to what do I want out of life? What do I desire in this world? How do I want to express myself through writing, through teaching, through performing, or just through yeah. getting to understand how relationships are another form of creativity. This conversation is a creative act. The way that we care about people is creative. It just gave a lot of language to say I'm important and worth it. So now I can arrive to the universe in a lot of ways. Mm. I don't know if that answers the question. <laughs> oh, dude, totally. Because, well, for me, it just sparks even more tangents to go on. To. And the way I look at it is I've always tried to say, and I'm sure the listeners at this point, you know me, we're all gods and goddesses of manifestation and creation. And that whole aspect of that divine play of that creative expression of seeing everything as that one just flow of the heart, flow of the authentic, of the authentic self, 
it's an empowerful it's an empowering and a powerful statement when we look at it in the sense of everything we do as a form of creative expression. Mm-hmm. I think that's the one kind of thing that keeps tying everything that I'm seeing is it's the us simply being ourselves and learning most importantly, like that's the step that I feel like is really important here. And one of the reasons why I wanted to highlight you on creative chat is because the most important step for society with where everything is trending in terms of personal accountability, authenticity, is we've been so disconnected from ourselves, we need to learn to bring it back in and really discover who we are as the unique beings we are. Not the cliques, not the fads, not the different groups and all these different demographics, but like each person showing up as their unique gift as we are intended to be and really just shining our own line love. So that's like the potential where I hear all this. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, yes, yeah. this is super important. <laughs> no, I completely agree with that because I think a lot of, a lot of situations and a lot of lack of self-worth just comes from not knowing how to ask yourself questions and not knowing how to care about yourself or getting to know like, Hey, you are, you're a creative expressive being, and that's not up for debate. You just are. So you don't have to put any more pressure on yourself. You just have to listen to, even if you can't change your circumstances, get to listen to how you want to react in these moments. What would Mm. you like to do? What are you having impulses to explore when you drive home? Did you want to go down that neighborhood, but you told yourself not to, that's another moment of your inner artists coming through in that moment. These little opportunities to just like say, Oh, I'm worth it. I should follow that impulse are what I Mm. think improv taught me in the performance element. And then you can start to help people cultivate that in their own lives of, Mm. let me just ask you questions. Let me give you opportunities to just like check in and see what happens when you like do stream of consciousness writing and try your best Mm. not to think what happens when you write stuff out and you give answers that you didn't think about. And now you're like, I didn't know that would come out of me. Right. That's, that's still you. That might be the insight that you need, but you just have to have the space and the container to do it first. Ooh, see, and that brings me into the flow because this is the most important aspect, I think of really each and every person to come back into that effortless state of being to remember what it's like to be as we were when we were kids, when we weren't overanalyzing things, when we weren't breaking ourselves down, beating everything up internally. And just, I guess I could say this, in terms of the the definition of a flow, I would like to say for our listeners, it's more of that when you're in the zone, when you're in that effortless state of being, when there's no thinking, there's no emotions, there's nothing, it's just pure doing and being simultaneously you're immersed in the moment how has that kind of helped you tap into that in other aspects of your life from improv Mm, that's a good question i think um it let me flex the muscle it let me understand that it is a muscle to be in the moment and getting to getting to start relieving the pressure because we we are so mean to ourselves in a lot of spots we put limits on ourselves in so many aspects it let me see like oh i'm not gonna be in the moment 24 7 i can accept that i can accept that and what i can do is say i'm going to allow myself to show up though 
I'm going to invite the moment to be a part of my life at each moment. And I can practice the skills to allow myself to be in the moment. And if I'm not, oh, well, I, I still live. I can still be happy. I can yeah. still survive. I can still thrive instead of because I was in acting programs and it's so much about being in the moment. It could be so easy to go like, I realize I'm not in the moment right now. Like, what am I doing? Ah, I need to figure out how to get in the moment. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no. You, you got to have that moment of I'm not in the moment, which also means I'm in the moment now because I'm accepting that truth. You kind of go down that paradoxical feeling. But yeah. being able to do improv and practice that over and over and over again and see what it felt like for me allowed me to transfer it to just everyday life where it's like when I'm in a conversation with somebody, I can at least try and listen and catch myself of like, am I trying to think of how I'm going to respond? Am mm -hmm. I trying to think, you know, even in this uh, podcast, right? Am I trying to think, how am I going to react to what you say to me? Can I, can I just talk? Can I just say something? Can I allow myself to do that? And if it pops up that I think about it, that's okay. But working mm -hmm. the muscle so much allows me to be like, okay, I recognize that I can let it go. I recognize that I can let it go. Yeah. Ooh. And that's the, the magic sauce right there is, <laughs> you know, to be in the moment, it's a muscle to be flexed. It's a muscle to be trained. And that right there is, I like to call it the sailing of the heart when you just kind of allow yourself to just be like, Oh, let's go. Let's like, let's have fun. Yeah. It, it really is that practice of honing of the separating from like the objective and the subjective and just kind of being the middle ground between where it's like, you're not analyzing anything, but you're simultaneously soaking up information and allowing yourself to, and I like how you put it to, to really surrender to it. You have to really surrender to the moment. And I think that's something that, that letting go and being able to simply relax and not judge yourself and not turn your, you know, your flow into a point of persecution, you yeah. know, it is a little bit of a paradox. And that's the funniest thing about the parallels with the improv acting and spirituality. Cause it's like, again, very paradoxical paths. Like you have to practice things to learn how to just be, and mm. then it's not really a practice. It's just who you are. Yeah. Like in an improv um, for performing, one of the things they used to teach me a lot was uh, you learn everything so you can forget it. So practice all the skills, get all the skills, use them, be conscious with them off stage. Once you get on stage, you don't need any of it. You yeah. did it you practiced it it's trust that it's just going to be there and the more that we trust that the more that you know we can focus on not on not proving that we're doing wellness or proving that we're doing good performance it's like look at me i went out and i meditated and i'm going to tell everybody because that's what i'm doing and there's a point of uh pride and joy in expressing that truth but if yeah. it's expressing it to prove that you're doing it, we can ask ourselves if that's a choice we would like to make. And from mm -hmm. there, we can start to have a little more permission of like, okay, I don't have to prove anything at any point in life. I don't have to prove anything. And I think that permission that we can give ourselves is one of the hardest parts because we live in a culture that's telling us we have to prove ourselves either through yeah. our work, through our job and creativity, well, what theater did you work for? How many paintings have you sold? This, that, and the other thing. It's easy to go into that mindset really quickly. So mm -hmm. it makes it, one, it builds acceptance of like, 
if you judge yourself, if you have doubts, if you have fears, you have anxieties, like it's okay because we live in a culture that promotes that way of thinking. So let's be kind to ourselves in that moment and say, well, how would I like to react? What is the way I would like to go about this? And even if I don't take those steps, at least I'm giving my mind the thought of like, I can think about the other way too. So it's, Mm. it's a balance, you know? Yeah. Well, I guess the biggest thing here is it's not closing the doors off. It's allowing, it's allowing things to remain open and to recognize that life is that ebb and flow. And that's probably the most important aspect of the permission aspect is to really allow ourselves to dance the dance and not, not really predetermined or get caught up in the the end product or end goal, but just to simply be here. And that's the cool part when you look at it in terms of this different approach, I would say the wellness approach of self-awareness involved with acting is it can bring people to a really powerful place of reflection on their own beingness and how they show up to the world. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's pretty powerful when it just comes to a regular creative, playful expression. Yeah. Because it it's it is an interesting thing, particularly with acting or performing, where what I see in training programs and theater and all of that is the idea of so much of our time being focused on what's the character or what am I trying to make mm. my audience feel or what's the experience I want to give other people when really in life and in creativity and art and expression you have to be selfish at the beginning. You have to say, what am I trying to express? What do I care about in this? Or if you're acting, like you have to know who you are if you're going to put something on top of it. Otherwise you're building a house on, on nothing. The house will just fall down. Yeah. Muddy foundation. Yeah. We need the foundation to build from, but a lot of the times in, you know, everybody's life, we're not giving ourselves that permission to just say, I'm, I'm that important to just say what I want matters. What I need is important. Mm. And I can focus on that first so that I can love other people more so that I can build more connections with others and foster a more healing world, but we can only pour from a full cup, you know? Yeah. Well, that's a fascinating angle too. Again, It's a fascinating angle too, again, because when you think about how we're even taught and how school's set up and how everything's organized in terms of you have to be a certain level of intelligence or reading level or whatever it is to be in certain classes, like they're already breaking people down on that front, self-esteem killers. You know, you're thinking about the sense of if you don't conform to a certain type of what they're focusing on academics you know, and you think about how much they've stripped the arts away from elementary schools, especially like how many kids are just automatically not getting seen for who they are naturally as the more kind of creative performer they are in that sense. So it's really interesting when you think about the biggest obstacle being that sense of permission, when most people from the get go of just, you know, as I see in a lot of the indoctrination of school is that they've been really conditioned and pushed to give away their inner authority to give it to someone else, to look for someone else to get to get that authority. So in terms of trying to teach people how to kind of come back to that realm of the heart and build that bridge back to yourself, how, what, like, how do you do that? How do you do that in acting? That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So 
it's it's done in a few different ways, right? So let let's take for the last couple of years uh, during the pandemic and during everything that's going on, I've done a lot more virtual learning, which for a lot of educators I know and for myself at the beginning was really difficult because it was completely new, right? It's a completely mm-hmm. new medium. We're teaching on Zoom. How do how are we going to make this effective? But what I tended to love as time went on is that oh. We have a lot more tools for empowerment now that we've never been able to have. So when I was teaching um, my improv for wellness to high schools or even, you know, adults and stuff, I always started with, hey, you can turn your mic off. You can turn your camera off. You don't have to participate. You don't have to do anything. And just that one little bit got to change the situation in schools where people were, weren't turning their cameras on. Instead of it just being like, ah, oh, the students aren't t- turning their cameras on, it got to be, my student is making a choice to empower themselves. My <laughs> student is making a choice to say, I would like to engage this way. And yeah. if you're on the call, theoretically, you can hear me. So you made that choice to show up at all. And if you can't hear yeah. me, who cares? You know yourself better than me. So at the beginning of a lot of stuff was really just empowering students just to say, engage with this at the level you would like, and let's just give that permission at the top so that you don't yeah. feel like you have to be here. And then as we go into the actual lessons of all of this stuff, a lot of my class is just focused on permission giving. Again, just like mm. asking open-ended questions, asking asking for group discussion and reflection in a way of does anything need or want to be said rather than mm. what was the right answer to this exercise what I, here's this yeah, information yeah, yeah. i want you to get so i'll do i'll do exercises where we'll play like a simple improv game called yes and where usually you play it with a partner but i have people play it by themselves so all you do is you start with or how i like to play it is you start by thinking of something that you feel right now. So for instance, I might say, I feel bright. And then I just say, yes, I feel bright. And I add something else that's true. And then I just go down that rabbit hole. I feel bright. Yes, I feel bright. And there's a light shining on me. Yes, there's a light shining on me. And my head kind of itches. Yes, my head. (laughs) And you go down and down and down and down. Simple improv game, very fun, very playful, but we can tweak it as time goes on and in my head to try and give you permission to explore your mind while still playing with truth. So instead of how I feel, let's start with, uh, what's something you desire? Start with, I desire blank. Okay. We've done that. Let's go to another thing. Uh, let's start with a dream you've always had for yourself. Just say that dream out loud and then go down the rabbit hole. Maybe you find more things with it. Maybe you go off on a tangent. But again, you're working the muscle to just say, I'm allowed to think about this thing. So my job isn't to make you learn. My job is to facilitate an opportunity for you to explore. And that's the part that I try to give to build more and more of that permission in our lives for students. Yeah. Well, it's just the sense of we can't explore if there's judgment. 
we can't really explore if there's an assumption of things, you know, if we have an expectation of something and it's, again, this is why I'm loving it. Cause it's like the parallels, you know, of, of this and really this kind of intangible looking of like, who are we? What is life? What's reality? It comes back to the same parallels, you know, suffering is based upon our assumptions and our expectations. That's it. If we don't have those, we don't suffer. And when we don't suffer, what's the natural state of being? playfulness you know so it's like when you you come back to this just like yeah learning how to let go be in the moment it's just like oh yeah so it's like slowly like i don't want to say like jedi mind tricking people because it's more it's not not as mischievous as that like but it's it's leading people to the water of this kind of deeper inner looking to really question who they are Mm -hmm. without giving them this big old existential question that's just like who are you yeah like that that's, (laughs) that's the hope right and getting to expand what does it mean to be in the moment? Because yeah. I think a lot of people tend to think of being in the moment of like, I am flowing. I am, I'm on cloud nine. I'm joyful right now. Right. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm smiling. Truth. Yeah. And that's a part of it. And you can be in the moment and be depressed, yep. be, be in the moment and be scared. And sure. we have to give ourselves permission to say that those feelings There's no such thing as a bad emotion or a bad feeling. There's only things that are serving us. They're messages within us. And, you know, we can have uh, different clinical depression and we can have chemical imbalances and things like that. And that's still just information. It doesn't make us worse people. Doesn't make us any less off the mark. You can be anxious and say, I am anxious right now. That's probably one of the first keys to being in the moment is accepting (laughs) what is the moment. I'm terrified. I'm terrified. Yes, I'm terrified. And I want to be here. Yes, I want to be here. And, and again, just giving yourself that permission and accepting that whatever your truth is, you can work from there. You can work from whatever your truth is. Yeah, it's funny that you say that too, because literally I was uh, at an event this weekend and someone that was speaking goes, and I just have to say, I am nervous right now. I don't speak in front of people. And then the moment he said it, it was just like, boom, he went off. It was, you could just feel the flow. It's like, we time skipped as like people that were in the crowd. I was just like, oh yeah, he's on it. But the entire time before that acceptance, that surrender, Mm. you know, that permission, it was so just like, it was pretty cringy. I'm not gonna lie. I was just like, yo, this is a struggle, man. Like, but the moment that happened, you could just see the release. And I think that's the fascinating thing right there is again, one of the biggest misconceptions of, you know, spiritual development, spirituality is people always think like, oh, you're so this and this and this, it must be like flowers and and roses and, and shit all the time. And it's like, really it's not it's kind of more so like you take all the filters off your emotion slaps you in the face super raw and you gotta be like okay well what is it you know so that's one of the biggest things is you know in the yes and experience and really that that tool i've seen it a lot as the same parallels that i kind of guide people towards of exploring their pain where it's just you know it's just like where's where does the hurt really feel like what is hurt who is hurt within you and being able to kind of peel the layers back and being able to explore that. It's like, these are literally the same road, right? you know, like, yeah. it's like, yes, this is dope. And then like what you're giving in that moment too, right. Which I think is so beautiful is it's just constant invitations is just yeah. constant. Like, did you know you can think this way? Did you know you can ask this question? Did you know we could go explore here? 
and always asking the question so that somebody can be like, yeah, I did know. And I don't want to go over there. Cool. (laughs) Awesome. That's your empowerment. That's your strength. And there'll be a day to check it out. As long as you know, and you are making a choice, that's the main thing I feel like. Okay, so let's get into it. So this is yeah. funny. I love this where this is going. So yeah. another, uh, I, I think another one of the big spiritual concepts for a lot of people is this sense of don't resist your resistance. Mm. It's one of those koans. It's like people are like, what do you mean? Don't resist my resistance. It's And it's really more meant to say those those aspects of yourself that you feel reservations for or tepidness or just that contraction like oh i don't i don't i'm fear i'm fearing i'm feeling this i'm on all the doubts the you know the questions the anxieties how can we in this bridge of conversations here help the audience understand that sense of learning how to really lean into that resistance and to navigate it and to to transmute it into something that you can play with yeah and i i think i think you hit there's just play with it right except that the resistance is there except that not except we get to play with the idea of the resistance is just a message it's just a message it's saying there's something in me that feels not really pulled to this thing in this moment or pushed against this thing in this moment and we can give ourselves permission to if we don't want to do anything with it that's a choice that you have. Don't do anything with it. Ignore it. Move on. Sometimes we have to use that for our own survival of this thing is happening right now and I need to get out. That's okay. And if we want to explore, we can explore it from that, uh, that non-judgmental side of why am I resistant to it? And literally like the tool I like use all the time is just stream of consciousness writing. Right. Yeah. So just writing three, like every morning I write three pages of stream of consciousness writing, and I've got to do that for the last two years. And when I get to do that, I get to reflect on resistances that I have. And I just get to claim what the resistance is and Mm. usually start going like, so why did I notice that popped up? Oh, it popped up because of this and da, 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 but start to get to the core of the resistance because I tend to find for myself that when I'm resistant to something, it isn't, you know, oh, it wasn't that I didn't want to go out, uh, go out last night. That wasn't the resistance. The Mm. resistance was I felt tired and I felt like someone was using my energy. (laughs) So that becomes a different thing. And like, there's a lot of steps to get there, but to get to that point is literally just checking in with the resistance and saying that it's okay, I felt that way. And I would just like to know why that's happening so that I can have a more specific reason as to, is this a boundary getting crossed? Or is this uh, my survival brain trying to protect me from something that it doesn't need to protect me from? Because Mm. there's a lot of times where the things we're resistant to get to come from, you know, When I was a kid, I did this thing and I got yelled at for doing that thing. So I don't do that thing anymore. And that helped you back then because your sensor brain, the judgmental brain was like, hey, this is dangerous. We're not going to do it anymore because we get yelled at. But now as we get older, we can say, does that still serve me? If it still serves you, awesome. If not, now again, you just get to make the choice. You can continue not to do it 
Or you can say, I'm going to play with it. And when the resistance pops up, I'm going to say, thank you so much for protecting me. I'm going to keep exploring it. <laughs> what comes to my head at the forefront? What about you? Well, I think that's right. It in, the, in a nutshell is really creating the space for yourself to have that detachment from the initial reaction or the, you know, the instinctive response from the body, you know, to get it to, I mean, again, that's where I see like self-awareness is really just to bring awareness to the self. So it's, again, I always like to point it as the, the realm of thoughts, emotions, and physical sensations are all seen by the observer. And if you're sitting here stuck in that emotion or that thought that's coming up, like, oh, I am this right now, I am this, that's where we get caught up in it and it sweeps us away versus taking the step back of being like, oh, I'm observing this resistance come up. I'm observing this tension come up. Ooh, I'm observing someone feeling drained and it's me. So, you know what I mean? Like, so it's just, again, I like how you say that, that aspect of checking in, that's really all that practical spirituality is, is just learning you tools, how to check in with yourself. So you don't get swept away in the chaos, but more so how you can kind of dance on it like a surfboard, you know? And that's the funny thing that I see here is that free flow expression of just being, being able to kind of like twirl about life and no matter what it's thrown at you, Again, we're paralleling right here with it. Yeah. I I think the, the funniest thing I've got to see with spirituality and wellness in a lot of senses is like most of the time everybody everybody has the same truth that's being expressed, it's just different languages as coming out. Like 100%. they say it in they say it in yoga, they say it in meditation, they say it in Zen, they say it in the law of attraction, they say it in all of these different things. And it's just figuring out what language do you connect with that becomes the beautiful expression of it. But I I agree with you. There's just parallels galore. It's just how do you, how do you expand the spectrum of how it can be articulated? Exactly. And and even then taking it the next step further is how can you assimilate those teachings into your being Mm -hmm. and really live it? Cause then what it's like, we were saying in terms of like teaching the practical aspects of acting. And then it's just like, yeah, but that's just, so you know what to do, but once you're back and you're on stage, it's like, let it go. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the secret sauce is being able to make these things daily operations. So they're not something we're conscious of. And that's something I feel like, especially improv, I feel like that would just give us the freedom to kind of practice things wherever and be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree with that. Like, getting to practice, like even the tool I've given the yes. And like, I'll just play that in the car when I feel really anxious sometimes as Mm. just a way to be like, I'm going to ground myself because I'm anxious. And my mind is telling me that nothing else can be true because I'm anxious when that's Mm. not the case or just getting to play like different, it like solo variety improv games, or just giving yourself the mentality of, I'm going to listen for the impulses within me and I'm going to respond with whatever the impulse is. I don't need to think about it. I don't need to, uh, I mean, that's the main thing. I don't need to think about it, which I think you get to see practice a lot in just conversation in general, where people generally are constantly thinking because they want to be a good listener or they want to be a good person on the other end of like, I don't want there to be an awkward silence. I want to take care of this person. So I need to think on what they're saying so that I can respond rather than just, Just, yeah, I'm just going to listen. And when they're done, I'll say something. 
right? Which is like a huge release that we're not allowed to do, but it, it's just these little adjustments that let us practice improv is what I see and by proxy living in the moment. Yeah, no, that's to me, the way I look at it is that's beautiful because that was one of the first things that I remember um, when I was in charge of like this three and fourth grade group, it was the main component that I taught them first was teaching them how to hear and just mm. listen and just to not put any expectations, not assume, not to judge, just to allow the person to speak and to listen to it like music, you know? Like, cause again, like the only way I could think about it is like, how many people are honestly listening? Like there are a few, I do know that, but how many people are conscious, like judging music when they're listening to it, thinking of how, you know, thinking of what the next line is thinking of what to say. It's like, no, like just allow the, the, the beautiful expression of what the art is to be seen that exact same thing for each person as they speak. And that's where it ties back together. That whole creative expression, like everything we do is that play of self and how we can bring ourselves that most, most authentic, most authentic self is the most important thing here but i caught up with one last question for you in the sense in terms of this improv through wellness you know the language of emotions Mm. how did this whole concept and this kind of monthly course really come about yeah yeah so for the people at home i uh I teach a monthly virtual drop-in workshop series that I just call the Wellness Weekends, right? They're just improv for wellness workshops. In the month of December, I did improv for wellness, self cultivating self-awareness and self-worth, where we just played with stuff of focusing on us, giving ourselves permission to reflect on our ideal lives on the doubts we have about it, what encourages us towards it. And just like piecing together, like, oh, this is what I care about. Right. And so this, this month, um, which is January, we are doing a improv for wellness workshop called the language of emotions, which is just trying Mm -hmm. to teach the idea that emotions are just messages and there's not a thing as a bad emotion. There's not a thing as a bad feeling unless we say it is. So if we judge it, we miss out on the message that might be teaching us. So for instance, something like anger is something a lot of us avoid feeling or when it pops up in our lives, we can be like, ah, I'm feeling angry and like, I shouldn't feel that way. When, you know, the actions we take with it are what we're responsible with, but the feeling we can't control. So can we say anger is something where a boundary is being crossed within me. Anger is my most loyal friend. So with that knowledge, what could I learn from the things that make me angry in the same way that we reflected on why am I resistant towards this thing? So we're, I I just, I like to provide this opportunity just for like group discussions and free rights and like little just little improv exercises that let us explore these different emotions and put a different lens on them so that when we feel depressed, we're not necessarily going like I'm depressed and like my day is ruined and I'm a worse person because I'm depressed. It's, oh, okay, this is something, this is the message that I'm learning today. And I'm actually going to grow because I listen to it instead Mm. of the feeling is there and I just have to be in it for the rest of the time yeah. you know yeah i do know <laughs> that's yeah. awesome because it it really does come back to the sense of 
the most important thing right now for everyone in the kind of coming era and age that we're transitioning into is that self accountability, you know, personal responsibility, and those don't exist without self awareness. And I love it because how you said it, you know, anger is really, it's like your best friend. It's like facts, like all of your emotions. I always like to see our heart space as this kind of radar of emotional energy. And it's just like, you know, anger come up, comes up like you. It's just like boundary was crossed. You know, it's just like fear comes up something I can overcome and be really good at. Like, so it's just learning how to interpret these feelings and really what the, the direction they're really trying to have us go introspection wise. That's the fascinating thing about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because we're most Mm -hmm. of the time with so much of this stuff that we're talking about, the reason we don't think about it is because no one ever asked us or no one ever uh, told us we could think about it. Like, like I mentioned with the other workshop, the self-worth workshop I did, I done it a number of times. And the first big question I ask is, when you think about your ideal life, what does that include? And a lot of mm. people are thrown off by it for a second because no one asked me. No one ever asked me that question. So why would I think about it? Because I didn't get asked the question. So with the stuff that I offer with the wow. Improv for Wellness, all the tools, all the exercises, truth be told, are pretty simple. They're, they're not that complicated. But it's where we choose to use them on that Mm. makes it insightful because now it's like I'm doing a lot of us have done stream conscious writing or journaling. But with that one little question, now the impulse brain kicks in and then it gives us answers we may have not thought of rather than thinking, yeah, what is in my ideal life? Well, I guess it's this. I guess it's that. It's like, no, just go and see what happens. And then we can apply our logic brain to it afterwards and be like, oh, this is also in there. And like, uh, this isn't really the fit. There's a time for the logic brain, but we can let the impulse brain teach us a lot by just giving it space to play first. Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot, man. It's so true because we can't learn anything if we think we know everything. And if we don't give ourselves space to really feel out these kind of temporary happenings, we're never giving ourselves or holding the space for them to really reveal the truth that they're trying to tell us mm-hmm. and the, the information from the environment and, you know, both internal and external. Yeah. And I guess that is kind of the main point that just brings all this together is what you're doing in the way I've interpreted this entire conversation as far how it feels and just the, what I know is just what the points of what you're teaching, where they're coming from is it's transcending just an acting class. It's transcending just an opportunity to learn about wellness through this medium and, and mode of acting, but rather it's holding space so people can learn to heal themselves through playing again. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, like this is what this is what we need folks like learn to let go like so this is beautiful man and i really want you to stick around for the after show convo but i would say before we close up with part one any last words for the listeners i'll just just thank you for listening and thank you I, i hope through these conversations that whatever little tiny impulse or little voice you've heard in your head of like something you want to do or something you're interested in. My advice to you in that situation is just 
think of the next manageable step towards it. So if you want to paint, maybe it is buying a canvas, maybe it's buying paints, or maybe it's looking at paintings, or maybe it's just thinking about colors, right? Can you find the tiniest step you can take towards the thing that your inner artist is already telling you about? Because you might just open the door for more of it to come, or you might just get there and go like, okay, I can let that go finally. So if anything, I hope that you listen to whatever those little impulses are in you because that's you speaking right now. So that, that's what I would have to say. I love that. Listen <laughs> to the inner intuition. The highest self's always coming through. I love it. <laughs> and the rabbit hole continues. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Creative's Chat. Be sure to check out the next episodes and roll the outro. Thanks again to our sponsors for making this show possible. Thank you, We Are Storically, for your conscious human apparel. Shop online at wearehistorically.com. Raise your vibration and energize your life with specialized Fibonacci tuning forks to deepen meditations and empower self-healing. Get your vibrational sound tools for personal enhancement at energybodytuners.com. Another creative art production by Retro Earth Studio. That concludes this episode of Creatives Chat. Thank you for watching our show. Click the bell button to get notified of future episodes. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Cool. And with that, everybody, thank you for joining us on Creatives Chat. We'll see you next episode. Thanks for tapping in.